Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message. Let's turn to John chapter 9, verse 1 through 3. We're going to be reading in the Amplified Version. I have a word for you. Come on, are you ready for the word this morning? Come on, that was five woos. Are you ready for the, for the word this morning? Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Father, for this time. We thank you for the anointing of your spirit. We ask that you would anoint your word to us, Lord. And Lord, help us to reap 100-fold of the word that you're bringing. And I pray that it speaks to the people in the season that they are in. Father, and I ask, Lord God, for clarity today as we read your word in Jesus' name. And everyone said... So if you have your Bible or your app, bring it to John chapter 9, verse 1 is the Amplified Version. And it's a, this is not a series. I'm used to doing series, but I'm in, I'm in between series. So I'm just kind of giving you really prophetic, oh my gosh, how you doing? Sorry, I'm just seeing, this is like a reunion today. For, this is like the, with Ryan and all you guys. God bless you. John chapter 9. Are you ready? Now don't, don't let me get happy by myself, okay? So here's, here's this, uh, what I call it, uh, uh, one-hitters, because this is uh, last week, uh, it was a powerful service. In the middle of the service, at the end, the lights went out, uh, and we still kept preaching. Um, and then today, I really feel prophetically to release something that is very encouraging to the body of Christ and into our lives. So get your Bible. It's very encouraging. It's going to help you in the season, whatever season you're walking in, uh, because I believe sometimes the enemy to our... Um, what makes us frustrated is not knowing why we go through things and how God uses things. Amen. John chapter 9 verse 1 says this. While Jesus was passing by, he noticed a man who had been blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, teacher, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he would be born blind? Now think about this, this statement. I'm going to break it down in a little bit. He said, uh, he said, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned. I'm going to shout. But it was that the works of God might be displayed, listen, and illustrated in him. It was for the illustration and display of God in him. Now, this scripture is very interesting because on, on many levels, and I'll tell you why. The reason why this scripture is interesting because the disciples noticed, listen to me church, the disciples noticed a blind man. And typically when the disciples saw a person that was sick, they would say, rise up, be healed. Or they would go ahead and be very proactive and lay hands on them or speak healing. Or Jesus himself would come and do it. But this story is a little bit different. This story is very peculiar because they saw a man that was born, born blind. And they did not stop at first to, to say, do you want some healing? They had a discussion kind of right in front of him, and the disciples asked a question. They, they, they asked a question, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Now, some of you in the room may say, well, that was a little bit ignorant and arrogant of the disciples. Jesus had not died yet, so whatever you believe in the, when it comes to the, you know, the, what happened after the cross, we can still agree with this, that at that time, they had understanding of generational bondages. They had understanding of generational, some call it curses, I call it generational habits or generational tendencies, whatever you want to call it, fill in the blank. But they were very well versed in that. So they realized, wait a minute, is this something that this is happening to this person because there's, a, there's unrepentive sins in their, in their genealogy that has caused them to, to go under the judgment of God or whatever it is, right? Now, I love, are you you're going to love this. Now, don't let me get happy by myself, okay? I love the answer that Jesus gives because the answer that Jesus gives the disciples when he asks them if this is a problem that the parents did or that they did is, is amazing because we get a glimpse on Jesus' answer on the very power of why and that the Lord can use our mask. He could use our mess. He could use our pain. He could use our lifestyle, our, our weaknesses in our life to display the glory of God through us. 
And the answer that Jesus gave is amazing. He said, nobody sinned in this case. This is here to show the masses the illustrated and displayed power of God. Why? I want everyone to see the power of God so that they can believe in the Lord. Come on, say amen. And so this is, this is crazy. He said, he, he said, this is for no other reason so that the power of God might be displayed in this person. Listen, there are some things in life that we have no idea and no control of. How many can say amen to that? There's some things that happen in our life that we have no control of whatsoever. There's things that happen that set back. There's things that, I'm getting a little problem with this. Uh, it's all right. I'll, I'll still yell like last week. There's things in life that happens that we have no understanding for. There's things that happen in our life that, that we have no uh, desire that happens to us. But sometimes, hear me. Even when the devil brings it to us, come on, I'm going to say it. Even when the devil brings pain, even when the devil brings sickness, sometimes the reason things are happening is for no other reason for God to display his power, his character, and his life through you. Everybody say that the works of God might be displayed and illustrated. You know what displayed means? Show off. God is a big show off. He desires to show off or display his power in weakness. He uses weak people. But even the things that we go through are for the people of God to benefit from it. Oh, glory to God. Look at this first slide up in your screen. Whether you know it or not, people are watching you as a believer and follower of Jesus, to see how you respond, don't make me preach on this one, to fiery trials. Why? Because they want hope and answers for their own trials. I don't know if you are aware of this church, but when you go to work and if you ever proclaim yourself a Christian, if you ever said, I am a, a Christian or I'm a believer in Christ, you have just set yourself up, not for failure, but people will watch you because instinctively they're drawn to light. And instinctively, they are wanting to see how people that claim to be followers of Jesus react when extreme pressure hits their way. They're watching you how you respond to fiery trials in your life. Because deep down inside, they want to believe that there's hope for them. And that power that you're going through, look at this. This is powerful. The, the power of what you're going through makes no sense. Unless you know that he's the God of the big picture. I wish I could drop the mic for a second here. Because the God of the big picture, you need to hear this to me. You may, under, you may look at it like, why is this happening to me? But God is the God of the big picture. Everybody say big picture. He has something involved that will, watch this, benefit others with what you're going through. Now, let me pause. Let me pause and say this. Is God purposely putting sickness on you and putting depression on you so that other people around you could benefit from how you get free from that? No. But he uses what you are going through and puts it on display because if you, don't, if you just have Listen to me. If you just have the, the feeling for the now and not for the future, you will miss the opportunity because he's the God that involves other people. Your pain could be someone else's deliverance because you won't know how to minister sometimes to another person other than the word of God unless you've been walking through that thing. How can you know, other than the scriptures, other than the scriptures, how can you know that he's Jehovah Jireh, your provider, unless you've never been broke? Or you've never needed a breakthrough. How can you know that he's Jehovah, your healer, if you've never been sick and miraculously got healed? Other than the word. We know it by faith in the word. But then you know it when you've actually experienced it through it. And because he's the God of the big picture, watch this. What you are going through right now, I'm going to just prophesy to you. What you're going through right now in the future, when you come out of it, is for the sake of the greater picture of people coming into the kingdom. And being healed and encouraged for the Lord. He's always that way. I'm going to give you, so, give you some examples of the God of the big picture, okay? 
I, I just wrote some things down, okay? So let's talk about Joseph. I'm, I'm not going to give you any scriptures here. Joseph, think about the God of the big picture. God allowed Joseph to get sold into slavery. He allowed Joseph. He didn't come rescue the day. He allowed Joseph to walk through some horrific things in his life, sold by his brothers. And then when he gets, he gets to, to, the, to this, this, this camp that is all evil that don't know the Lord, all right? He gets into Potiphar, Potiphar's house, and then he's abstaining from, from wickedness, and he's living pure. And then he gets accused of rape. And then he interprets someone's dream, and he says, hey, listen, just make sure that you remember when you get out from this prison cell. And they forgot about him. A long story short, 13, I did the study. He, he was 17 when he received the prophecy. At 30 years old, he started receiving the prophecy that was told when he was 17. But what does that have to do with the big picture? Because at the very end, this is so beautiful, when he was in power in Egypt, listen to me, and there was a severe famine in the land, the Lord used Joseph who had raised in power, and he was able to save his family, who was about to die because it was severe fa famine, and restored the relationship of all his brothers that sold them into slavery. And he looked at them and said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Joseph was allowed to go through this horrific pain because a whole entire family and even race of people were at stake at that moment. He's the God of the big picture. Can I hear an amen? How about Esther? Let's talk about Esther. Esther was the queen because, and she was a Jew. And the Bible says that there was a wicked plan of Haman. Remember Haman? That he wanted to, to kill, annihilate. There was a, just a diabolical, demonic movement at that moment. That he wanted to annihilate all the Jews in that region and kill them and annihilate them. It got back to Mordecai, and Mordecai was going back and forth uh, to, to Esther. And Esther's like, well, you know, I don't know. If I, if I approach the king and he doesn't lift up his scepter, I could die. Back in those days, if you don't approach the king in a certain amount of protocol, you will die. So Mordecai, I love Mordecai, says, listen, don't think that deliverance is going to escape you if you do nothing about it. Come on, church. He says, but who knows if you were born into the kingdom for such a time as this. And she goes, why don't you guys fast? And if I perish, I perish. She had to go through intense fear and pain, and she had to go through the rejection of the king but when she did guess what happened the whole jewish race in that country was saved because of what she went through always remember what you're going through has some other people attached to it remember what i'm about to say it is all over the Bible in the New Testament. Now, don't even let me talk about Job. Job is a classic ex example. Now, think about Job. Now, now, a lot of times people say, why do bad things happen to bad people? Well, bad things happen to good people. And Job was righteous. Everybody say righteous. And the Bible says in one day, one day, <laughs> like today, imagine today, Four different people give you news back to back to back to back of incredible terror. Number one, your business is destroyed. Imagine someone, the Bible says, while, while he was in a place, someone came rushing and said, hey, all the cattle and all the, uh, all the sheep are destroyed. That speaks of his business. That's how he made money. Your business is destroyed. The Bible says, as he was still speaking, as he was still speaking, another one came and said, hey, all your camels are destroyed. Your transportation is all destroyed. As the Bible says, as he was still speaking, there was another came, hey, that person's house, that your family's house is destroyed. Oh, and that house that was destroyed had your kids in it, and they're all dead. In one day. I say all that to say this. What did Job do to deserve that. He did nothing evil. He was following the Lord. But watch this. He remained holy. He remained righteous. And even though his so-called friends would continue to accuse him that he was uh, insinuating, we all have those people in our lives. You know, brother, it's probably because you're not fasting that much. You know, it's probably because you're not praying that much. Oh, you know what? You need to check yourself because you may have open doors in your life. And Job was like, I'm living for the Lord, guys. Yeah, that's what they all say, Job. At the very end, 
Job got double of his possessions. Now, nothing can replace a, a lost kid, a lost child. But he was also used to restore the very same friends that were bickering him. And the Bible says when he prayed, when he prayed for his friends, God restored his friends. How about our Lord Jesus? Can we talk about him? Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, the shame and brutality of the cross and rejection from his own creation. Why? So that all humanity could be saved. Your sufferings and your trials has the big picture behind it. You won't know it until you come out of the trial, but there are, there are things that God is going to do to watch this. Are you ready for this? To display his power through you. That's why he said, neither this man nor his parents sin, but it's for the displaying of the power of God in this situation, in this trial, in this moment. I love this. He's the God of the big picture. You know, and I, and I see this. Where's Idalia? Where's she at? Idalia. There she's at. I was gonna, she was going to have a testimony soon. That lady is bigger than us. Everybody say it's bigger than me. Come on. No, 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 no. S say what I'm going through is bigger than me. Even the favor of God that's attached to your life is bigger than you because he has the big picture. Idalia, so we have this building. God called us two and a half years ago to start a church. We're in, we were in the, the middle school for about six months. That's unheard of. Pastor Ryan, you, you know, you've been around. That is not normal. We were six months. Six months later, as a six-month church, we get this building. We had, we did not have two years of, of financials. We had six months of financials and they weren't really high. And yet the Lord had a purpose for us to start Remnant Christian Center here. And so we're all praying and we're anointing the land. Many of you know the story how the Lord spoke to the owner and we got this building and the favor of God was happening. But I'm here to tell you it wasn't just because the favor of God on my life or the favor of God. The whole time that was happening behind the scenes because he's a God of the big picture. Don't make me shout now. There was that wonderful lady and, and Idalia who at this point, this was Mosquito Creek. It wasn't even the, the church yet. And she had a son that worked at Hungry Howie's that did not know the Lord. And she started praying earnestly for days that this building will become a church before we even came here they would lay hands on this church and pray and she said lord let there be a remnant church in here she didn't even know she didn't even know that it was and she goes lord if he doesn't come to church then let church come to them i'm here to tell you we got here and we got the building not only because we got the favor but because god was also answering a desperate plea from a mother So, so while I'm doing my assignment, God is saying, yeah, I'm blessing you because I want to bless people, but I'm also answering somebody else's prayer that's, that's been praying for years. See, it's bigger than you. It's not just because you're that anointed or because of the favor of God's all over you. He's answering other people's prayer. Your journey, your journey is the response sometimes to answer someone else's prayer. Put that next slide up, Zach, before I throw the mic at the people. Glory to God. <laughs> I'm excited. Your journey, is <laughs> your journey is bigger than you. Say that with me. My journey. Come on, say it. My journey is bigger than me. God uses my journey to answer someone else's prayers. Here I am thinking, oh, look at the favor of God. And God's like, yeah, that's the favor of God on you. But I'm also answering a desperate plea of a mama. Yeah, you're entering into this, but it's not by yourself. Do you realize that there were other people praying? And then when she got here, and now and she came uh, uh, about a year and a half and testified. And now she's here with her family every single week. Glory to God. Idalia, we love you. Your family, we love you. And then she saw the, the raising arrows, right? Because you, you, had, you, had like, you had said that the Lord showed you about some arrows, right? And so she, the Lord showed her about not only a remnant church, but some arrows. And she didn't know. So she comes in here, and she sees raising arrows of our children's ministry. And, the, and someone said, do you know what that means? She goes, yeah, I know what that means. I'm one of the bows. And watch this. I asked her, I said, what is your passion? She goes, I'm being trained for children's ministry. That just, that just doesn't happen. 
Do you realize that the journey that you are going through involves other people? We are, we are pieces to a puzzle. See, your breakthrough is my breakthrough. My breakthrough is your breakthrough. So as, I'm, so as I'm believing, watch this, as I'm believing for supernatural finances of the church, God may use you to, to, to sow a seed, and then not your life is blessed, and your business is blessed, and now the church is for supernaturally, and now you're provided for supernaturally. You, you have to realize, sometimes the Lord allows us to walk through some painful season in our lives. And during those seasons in our lives is when God starts revealing himself to you in a way that he's never revealed himself. You want to find another side of the Lord? Start going through some fiery trials. And you will start noticing, if you, if you pursue the Lord, that there's a, there's a tender side, there's a side of, of closeness to the Lord that he wants to reveal to you. And I know with me, it, it's, it's the same thing. The Lord will use what you, you're going through even to instill compassion in you for people that you used to have less grace for. Do you hear what I said? The Lord will actually, let me just say it this way. If I, if I, this is how I want to say it. If the Lord wants to grow you and instill character in you, sometime he allows you to go through things so you could relate to other people that are going through the same thing. And in the process, he'll chop off some of that pride, some of that arrogance. And some of, that, some of my spiritual daughters years ago said, PG, you soften. You're softer now. I go, I haven't been softened as far as my, um, my conviction of the Lord. I've just been through a lot of trials. And those trials, by the mercies of God, is God's way of saying, I want to mold you to be more compassionate. I want to mold you to be more merciful. Let me tell you, look at First Corinthians, sorry, Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. Are you enjoying this? Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 through 4. It says this in the NLT. It says, all praise to God. Look at it on the screen. The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. Can I pause there and just say he is the source of all comfort. Now watch this. I, I saw this last night. He comforts us in all our troubles. Are you ready for this? So that we could comfort others. So wait, I thought he's the only one who comforts. He didn't say he's the only one who comforts. He said he's the source of all comfort. In other words, he's the source of it all, but he doesn't want to do it by himself. Well, Pastor George, I, I was taught that it's only Jesus who comforts you. Let me tell you something. He's the source, but he doesn't do it by himself. He says, blessed is the God of all comfort. Watch this. He comforts us in all our troubles. Let's read that slow. So that we. Everybody say we. Then say God in there. So that we can comfort others. No, and it even gets better. It even gets better. With this, when they are in trouble, we are able to give them, are you, are you ready for this? Not a different comfort. Not a similar comfort. The same comfort God has given us. We become extensions of his arms and his legs and his mouth. And we have, watch this, it's going to sound unbiblical. But we have the ability to bring God's comfort to people, to people, because we ourselves were recipient of, of God's comfort when we were going through dark times. Let me tell you something. Take advantage of what God is trying to do inside of you when you're going through these trials. Don't sit back and complain and throw a hissy fit and miss the window of what God is trying to do because he's trying to do something in you. And when you finally pass that test, you will be able to relate to others with the same comfort. I remember I said this before, but for people who are here for the first time, I'll say it again. There was this preacher years ago who had, two, had, had a mother who had a hysterectomy. Now, if you know anybody who's ever had a hysterectomy, you know that is a very major surgery. You just don't walk out of a hysterectomy going, hey, what's going on? You, you, you limp. You, you, it takes a while. It's very sore. You, your body has been cut open. And I heard this preacher years ago saying, it was a very popular preacher, and he ha they had two nurses for his mother who just had a, a hysterectomy. Some of you guys have heard the story before. And so this, this, the morning nurse 
uh, was actually the more educated nurse. And the night nurse was just kind of a new nurse, right? But the morning nurse did everything by the book. So sometimes when you do everything legalistically by the book and you, and you, and you dot the I's and cross the T's, you leave no room for grace or compassion in people's lives. And so she's like, okay, the book says you have to get up by this time. And she was like, uh, 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 uh. And the, and, and the person, the preacher, who was the mom was there, he was looking at a distance like, you know, he was getting mad. I think we would be mad too if that, someone did that to your mom. So she, she kept going. The morning nurse would go, no, you got to get up. And she's like, can I just wait for a little bit? Can I just stop for a little bit? She goes, no, no, no. You have to do that. You have to do that or else your muscles are going to stay that way. So you have to do that. And she was in pain and just suffering and going, forcing through the rehab because she was doing it by the book. That's what the book said. You had to do it on the third day or whatever, the fourth day. And then the, the night nurse came, and the night nurse was different. She was new. She was kind of a rookie. But, man, she just treated this person, you know where I'm going, right, with compassion. And she's like, okay, baby, are you ready? She goes, no, okay, I'll sit down with you. So she sat down with him, and then she waited for a little. Let me know when you're ready. Okay, ready? Let's stretch one. We're going to stretch one part of your body, and then we're going to move one leg at a time. And she was so compassionate, and she was so um, empathetic with her. And so this preacher came up to the night nurse and said, hey, what's going on with the morning nurse? Why is it that she seems like she doesn't know what you're doing? You know what, you, you know what you're doing. She goes, oh, she's actually more educated to me than, than, than me, sir. She, she just, she's the top of the field. I just came from, from the nursing school, and I'm here. And, she go, and the preacher goes, well, why do you treat my mom so different and so kindly? She looked him in the eyes and said, sir, because several years ago, I had a hysterectomy, and I know what she is going through. I know what she's feeling right now. You know, and even with my pain, that some of you guys know that you've been with me, the pain is less severe, but this affliction that I've had for nine, nine months or so, this nerve, is a, they, they're labeling it as a nerve, like an entrapped nerve or some sort of nerve problem. So I had always, as for those of you who know, last nine months I've been, I got a colonoscopy, I did everything, I mean, I did all these things and, and nothing. Everybody was like, oh, you're, you're good, you're fine, you're fine. And I had this burning pain all the time. It would be, it would be excruciating at times. My kids would want to go to play basketball, I couldn't do it because it would be excruciating. It's like, it was fire, literally. And so I was in pain all the time. I've been through all these kinds of specialists and doctors. My point is, in the journey, come on, say journey. In the journey of, of me going through this horrific pain, God has had instilled compassion for other people that are going through pain. I was, I was less quick to brush someone off and pray a quick prayer. Come on, somebody. Because I had to go to another person. But a couple weeks, or, or sorry, a couple months ago, there was a visitor that came here from another state. And, 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 she, and she was, um, came in from a, from a guest, and as they came in, they said, Pastor, we want you to pray for this, this girl. And this girl was saying, I don't know, literally out of her mouth, she said, I don't know what's happened to me. I'm in excruciating pain. I've gone through so many doctors that they don't know what I have, but everything is normal. So I'm praying for this, and tears are welling up in my face because I'm looking at her as if I'm looking at me. And as I'm looking at her, I said, I, f I bet you're feeling this way. She goes, uh-huh. I said, I bet you feel depressed sometimes. Uh-huh. I bet you don't want to get out of bed sometimes. Uh-huh. She's like, how did you know all this? And I said, because I've been going through the same pain you have. And so I was able to, and she started crying. She got ministered to. Why? Because your journey has other people's prayers attached to it. Other people's answer. I look at Hansel. I just connected with him right now. He went through horrific several years ago. He almost died. Guess what? One of the things that God has put in his heart that he is passionate. He, I mean, nobody knew what, 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 he, what he had. He had to go to Chan's hospital, and they finally figured something out. But he, he could have died. No one knew what he was going through, his symptoms. But yet now he cries and he weeps for those who are hurting and need healing. Why? Because he knows. He knows the feeling and what it means to feel hopeless without an answer. Come on, man. Why do I say this? Neither this man's sin or his parents, but that the works of God. Let me tell you, could it be, could it be that what you're going through is because the works of God is about to be displayed through you? 
Could it be that while you're complaining and figuring out why is this happening to me, I tithe, I give the church, I, I speak in tongues, I pray in the spirit. Why is this happening to me? Is it maybe the Lord trying to allow this to happen so that you could have greater compassion for somebody that's in need? Because, watch this, you know it in here, but you never knew it in here. I got quiet up in here. Can I hear an Amen. And, and this leads me to this touching story. Are you guys good? Are you guys receiving something? You guys receiving something? So during this time that I'm in pain, and, and, and Kevin and those that, that are here, you guys pray for me, and I appreciate that. Uh, I said, okay, Lord, God was doing something in me. So in my pain, God has, asked, has got me to... Um, <laughs> that's not supposed to be up there yet. It's okay. <laughs> God told me, he said, I want you, he started giving me compassion for the homeless. Now, if you, if you know, watch, if you know this city, this city in Apopka, God has brought us here because we need to be a light. But, you know, Pastor Ryan, you've been in Apopka before a while. There's, in this area alone, there's lots of homeless people. And if I could be honest, can I take the pastoral hat off for a second? Sometimes when, when they came around and they're leaving cigarette butts, and this is just really annoying. And it's like they're leaving food on the ground. I'm thinking, I'm like, hey, dude, you can sleep here, but don't keep doing that. And they kept doing that. So I finally said, look, you can't stay here anymore because you're desecrating the house of God. And so I'm, I'm, I'm pulled between like, oh, God, am I, am I being compassionate or am I, am I honoring the house of the Lord? And, and during this time, God is just giving me this compassion. Watch this. And so there was this man that you probably see, and he's around here. And he's having a hard time. And I, and I was in my staff meeting with Pastor Keith and Lolly. Um, Who's, who's coming later today for Spanish ministry. And I said, guys, what is God trying to tell us about the homeless issue in our city? Because I got news for you. It ain't the government's job to make the world great. It's the church's job to make the world great. We've left it up to the government, but the, Jesus said, Jesus said, Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. If the salt is no longer there, that it's not no salty, then what is it good for? The Bible says nothing to be trampled underfoot by men. You know what salt does, guys? One of the aspects of salt, it makes people thirsty. Drink a lot of salt. Drink a lot of salt. Take a lot of salt. And you will see later, sure, faster than, than later, you will become very thirsty. Because salt is supposed to make people thirsty. But in our lifestyle, are we making people thirsty? Now watch. So I, in, this is this Tuesday. This is amazing. Adali and, and the people were in prayer, by the way. If you're not coming to prayer on Tuesday nights, it has been absolutely powerful. People tell me. I, I lead as a senior pastor. I lead prayer every single Tuesday. We have corporate prayer. People have told me, you're the first senior pastor that I've seen lead prayer meetings. And honestly, when there's some of my people said, I've never seen a senior pastor. Can I say this in love? In love? You're not going to get mad at me? That's sad. That people say, you're the first senior pastor. Why? Senior pastors? Well, I don't, I don't do the praying. My intercessor does the praying. What? No. You're, you know, if I were to tell you right now, what is Jesus doing right now? Well, he's just floating in glory. He just... If I would tell you what is the job description right now of Jesus, he ever lives to intercede for our behalf. It's right now. He's saying your name, interceding your name to the Father. So in prayer, so, it, so on Tuesday morning, this is crazy, right? This is, I'm just telling you about the journey that has caused compassion in me. I said, guys, we have to do something. And for the first time, me, Pastor Keith, and Lolly were like, we got to do something. Maybe we could offer them to, to sweep around. And, and, and now, now some of them are, gonna, are sweeping around the church. And we're giving them food. And we say, what is God telling us, the church, to solve the problem of the homelessness issue? Right? So we're stumped. We didn't know what to do. In prayer that night. Prayer. Prayer meeting. We're praying. The fire of God came down. And at the end of the prayer meeting. I'm talking about this Tuesday. Five days ago. This one precious lady who comes here sometimes. I don't know if she's here today. But she comes here sometimes, and she's praying. She's really calm. She goes, Pastor George, I have something in my purse that I've had for three weeks that I have not given to anybody because the Lord has not released it. But the Lord told me to give it to you today, and he told me you would understand. Just like that. 
He said, he told me that what I'm giving you, you would understand. I'm saying, I would understand a million dollars really good. I mean, to pay off this building. I would really understand that. I'm getting excited. So she pulls up and she, she, <laughs> she pulls in her purse. She goes, the Lord told me you would understand. And this is what she gives me. Put it up, Zach. Zach, put that thing up, the pendant up that I gave you. Jesus was homeless. That's what she gave me. She gave me a pendant. At first, I was like, what is this? And I go, I know exactly why you're giving me this. And I started holding back the tears. Me and PK looked at each other like, I think PK turned white. I turned black. I don't know. I mean, it was... <laughs> <laughs> and I and I <laughs> and we all looked at each other and we had we were like are you serious we just talked about how can we do something for the homeless because God is stirring compassion in us for what we we're going through and then she gives me this why do I say this because I want to I want to go real quick five or ten minutes about the story of this person. Not only does God want to display his work through you, but in this story, and now listen, get this, is, you're going to think I'm kind of diverting, but I'm not. This man was blind. Everybody say blind. Everybody say blind. See, the ability to see is probably, in my opinion, one of the greatest, one of the greatest, um, attributes of all of our five senses like if you were to say if you were to go if you were to go without one sense what would it be I guarantee you, you will not say sight you may you may have say smelling taste and if worse you may say hearing but nobody wants to lose their sight because you see family you see colors you see everything you can interpret the world even when you're deaf you can still interpret the world when you see when you're blind you don't see anything you can't do anything hard you have to be dependent on everybody why do i say this because spiritually it has become convenient for us to stay spiritually blind and i say convenient because when it when we're spiritually blind we're not accountable to do something about what we see Zach, put that slide up. Follow me, bro. Look at that next slide. Look at the next slide up there. Spiritually, it has become convenient to be blind because when our eyes are open to what is happening around us, it requires responsibility. When our eyes are truly opened of the truth physical an emotional and spiritual condition of our sphere of influence in our work, in our family, in our home. The Lord desires for you, watch this, this is going to sound real crazy, to do something about it. When our eyes are opened to something that consistently is happening around you, your sphere of influence, I mean the, the things that you could control, your work environment, your relationships, your friendships, your family. Watch this. When your eyes are open to seeing poverty, do something. Do you see poverty in your family? Do you see poverty in your neighborhood? Do you see poverty uh, uh, in your friends, then if you see it, God wants you to do something about it because it's more convenient to stay blind than to have your eyes open. Because when your eyes are open, now the Lord demands responsibility. We're going to be judged by what we are able to see, what we didn't do, and what we did do. Do you see, do you see depression in your friends? Do you see pain and sickness? Then do something about it. The Lord is waiting on us, the church, to do something about it. Don't be content in staying passive and blind to the needs around you. I, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not endorsing the Beatles. I love the oldies, okay? But there was a song that the Beatles sang. How many Beatles? I love Beatles here. It's okay. You're not sinners if you're here. <laughs> you're like. <laughs> I like, you know, I know they were all messed up. and so There's some, some real good song the Beatles sang. But there's one song that said, uh, living is easy with eyes closed, misunderstanding all you see. Think about that. It's easy to live with your eyes closed, spiritually. Spiritually. 
because then it's not your responsibility. Oh, 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 I love this. I love this. The church does this all the time. Ready? It's not my calling. It's not my calling. I'm not called to the homeless ministry. I'm not called to, to evangelize. I remember years ago someone said, oh, you know, going to the street and evangelizing and, and, and talking to people about Jesus. That's not my calling. I said, you're right. It's not a calling. It's a command. God says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He didn't say just preachers only that have a mic, not only people that stand behind the pulpit. He said, if you believe, you're qualified to lay hands on the sick. And never once, never once said only people who have been to Bible school will lay hands on people and they were covered. He says, if you believe, these signs shall follow. You shall cast out demons and they shall come out. You shall speak with other tongues and you shall drink something deadly and it shall by no means hurt you. Nowhere does it say this only for pastors and leaders only. How many believers have we got in the house? The, then those signs should be following you. These signs shall follow them that believe. Them that believe. Come on, say Amen. Open your eyes. Say, open my eyes. We need to see an opportunity. Look at the next slide. I'm almost done here. We need to see an opportunity in every situation for God's power and works to be displayed in us and through us. Now, you heard, you heard Old Testament examples of, of the big picture God, right? The big picture God. I'm going to give you two examples of the New Testament so, you, so I can balance you out. And it's not just there. How about, how about Lazarus? Oh, man, Lazarus is a perfect example that God is a, uh, is, has other people involved and in mind when he's going through something. Now, watch this. I wish I could, because of time, I won't share it, but I won't give you the scripture. But I want to just break the scripture down. Here is Jesus, and he finds out that Lazarus is dead. How, by the lifting up of your hands, how many of you have a loved one that you care a lot about? Lift up your hands. Right hand. Okay, let's say your best friend or someone that you really really love. If you find out that they were sick, about to die, you would drop your phone, you would drop what you're doing, you would run to the hospital, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? Well, that's not what Jesus did. Jesus found out, they said, Lazarus, your friend is sick unto death. And it's funny, and I wish I could show it to you, but the Bible says in John chapter 11, he says, because Jesus loved, he says, now Jesus loved Mary and, and Martha and Lazarus. And then the very next verse says, and because he loved them, he waited two more days. <laughs> the Bible says he waited two more days. Literally, it says it right the next verse. It says, then he waited two more days. What are you talking about? The proof that you love him, you should have gone right away. But God had something else in mind. He didn't want to just resurrect Lazarus. He wanted to resurrect dead hearts all around that place that were waiting for something. He says, he said, I'm going to wait for two more days. So he waits two more days. Lazarus dies. Right? Everyone is, is, is up in a commotion. And then it, he, he has to walk there. So it takes him a couple more times, more days. Now, by the time he gets to Lazarus, the Bible says that there were four days. He's four days in the tomb. And the Bible says that Martha said, hey, he's already stinks. Don't worry about it. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. So you know the story. He says, Lazarus, come forth, right? And when he, Lazarus come forth, he did that in front of multitudes of people so that they could know that standing in front of them was the resurrection and the life. So he physically, my opinion, physically resurrected Lazarus, but spiritually resurrected everybody else. <laughs> Everyone's like, <gasps> and Lazarus coming up like, then he says, loose them and let them go. How about Jarius? Remember Jarius? Jarius, some of you guys don't know who I'm talking about. Jarius, he's the ruler of the synagogue, right? So remember, back in those days, you're ruler of the synagogue. Hey, you got to pay a little bit more respect to these guys, right? D Jarius comes in and his daughter, his daughter, guys, that's something that's, that's, that needs to be attended right away. His daughter was severely sick about to die. He said, can you come to my house, please? And everyone said, look, this guy is worthy. He's a, good, he's a worthy guy. You need to go. Jesus said, okay, I'm on my way. So he's on his way to Jairus' house. How many know that sometimes 
God is on his way, but just because you don't see something, it says because something interrupted. So while he's on his way, there was a lady with an issue of blood that couldn't wait her turn. And he's on his way to Jairus' house, and this woman with issues of blood of 12 years went to all these doctors, couldn't go through anything, touched the hem of his garment, and Jesus stopped. His pursuit to Jairus' house. And he got delayed. And that delayed caused that woman to be healed. But that delay also caused the girl to die. And so as he's doing all this stuff, the assistant of the ruler of the house said, Hey, don't even bother the Lord, for your daughter is sick. I mean, dead. Don't even bother the Lord. The Lord heard that, and he turned around and he says, Don't be afraid. Only believe. He went into the house. And I love the Lord because he's like, don't worry, she's sleeping. And they're like, oh, she's sleeping. Everyone's sleeping. She's not sleeping. She's dead. Comes in and drives everybody out. He comes in there. And remember, everyone's outside. They just witnessed that girl die. They're mourning. They're weeping. Now this is a, watch this. Jesus was about to put his power on display. He said, Talitha Kumi, I say to you, arise. Which means little girl, Arise. And she arose, and the Bible says, read it for yourself. The Bible says, and they were all in amazement. Do you realize that what you're going through, God wants to display his power through you. But we're so busy complaining. I'm guilty of it. We're so busy shortcutting what God does. But the reason why you're going through that is because God wants to display his power in you. Maybe through a marriage. Maybe through a, a financial testimony. Maybe through a healing. But let's not fail the test while we're going through it. Amen. Worship team, if you could come up. I'm almost done. Worship team, come up. Come on, come up, come up, come up. Woo. Come up, worship team. I want the worship team to come up. No, because I, 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 know, I know it's getting late, and I want to make sure that I, I wrap this up. Are you getting something today? Everybody say, the God of the big picture is here right now. I want you to see this. I want you to lock in, because this is what I'm going to hone in. I'm going I'm to land here. Several years ago, Sometimes what we go through or what other people go through is for that God's power to display in that person and also through you. Several years ago, I remember that there was a little boy named Wes. My, um, my, my wife had a co-worker, and um, I always jack this story up, so I want to just make sure I keep it general. My wife had a, had a co-worker, and um, it was all these people praying for this little boy. He just, I think, went into a coma. Is that correct? Went into a coma. It's about... Little, little boy. Now, what I'm about to say, you're going to shout at the miracle, but I'm going to tell you, the miracle was not the biggest news because God has something else. See, it's always something else. So I started, I started, I remembered my wife years ago said, look, we got to pray. This boy is like unconscious and he's not waking up from the school, whatever. And um, when I got there to the, and I, I remember pacing back and forth and, and, I, and, and this, and, Long story short, we prayed, and I prayed, and so many other people prayed, and we, and I remember saying, you're going to walk again, and you, do you hear me? He's like, he kind of like, like nodded his head, and faith was built in that room. All hope was lost. A couple moments or, or, or hours, I don't know the whole time, after I, I left the hospital room, and I'm not saying this because of me. I want to make sure people understand that. It was because of prayers of everybody. Little Wesley got up. And got healed. He was unconscious. He got healed. Right? And everyone says, that's the miracle. But God is the God of the big picture. That somehow, that story somehow got way to my parents who at that time did not know the Lord. And somehow, some way, sparked curiosity to the story that, man, my son and others prayed for this little Wesley. I want you to pray for my, my, my father had a, a leg problem. I want you to pray for his health because we're in desperate need. And when I went there, I still remember there, uh, we were praying and there was all this bad news and they were crying and suddenly the boldness of the Lord came on me and I said, Mom, Dad, I turned to them, it's time to surrender wholeheartedly to the Lord. Are you ready? I mean, I'm not, in my mind I'm thinking, what am I doing? You know, sometimes it's hard to do that to your parents. I said, and I, and I said, it's time. 
to surrender wholeheartedly to the Lord. Watch this. Watch this. They, want, they invited me to pray because they heard of the story of little Wesley. So I came and I prayed for them. And as I was praying for them, all these bad news were happening at the same time. And I said, it's time to surrender to the Lord. Do you want to surrender to the Lord? Both of them said yes. And I remember leading my mother and father in the prayer of salvation. And, and, and I hardly see my dad cry in my life, but my dad was crying, tears coming down his eyes. And I saw my dad cry and receive the Lord for the first time because he's a God of the big picture. Because if it wasn't for the little boy Wesley, come on somebody, that had a problem that God sent people to pray, there would not be a curiosity to say, maybe that could happen for me, but God had something bigger. He's like, you want a physical healing, but this is a moment where I'm going to meet you. Guys, my parents gave their life to the Lord that day because they, they heard of something that happened with a little boy and they had no idea that God was working everything behind the scenes. And I'm going to close with this. Are you ready for this? Are you ready? Sarah, are you ready? Do you ever want to know whatever happened to that blind man? Because I did it on purpose. I didn't tell you what happened until now. Because Jesus said, neither this man or that guy or, or he sinned, but so that the works of God could be revealed. Watch this. Do you want to know what happened to him? Do you know what want to happen to him? I'm going to give you a clue. What's the purpose that God sets you free and heals you? Think about that. I want you to think about that. What's the purpose that God sets you free and heals you. Let's look at that same chapter again. Are you ready? Um, this is where I'm closing. John chapter 1 in the New King James. Let's see what happens to this guy. Oh, I'm going to shout just a minute here. Now Jesus passed by. He saw a man blind from birth. He asked his disciples, I mean, his, uh, his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. Watch this. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. Look at verse 5. As long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Turn to someone and say, get ready. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with saliva and anointed his eyes with the blind man. That's just not, that's, that's not the good part. Watch this. And watch this. And he said to the blind man, go and wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. It's translated sent. The pool means sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Do you want to know why you're going through something? Do you want to know why God's about to deliver you? Do you know what to know what? What happens after he heals you? After he delivers you? After he sets you free? He sets you free so he can send you. Because free people, free people. Bound people will bound people. So my news for you is this. If you're going through something, it's just an area that God wants to bring great healing in your life so that you could bring healing to others. If you've been going through a financial problem, He's sending you to be an answer financially to others. If you have been in an area of trials and tribulations, He's getting you out of it so that you could be sent to others that are going through the same thing. Come on, stand up to your feet. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.